This broadcast is part of the IC Robots Radio Network. Visit icrobots.com for this and many other nerd slash nostalgia related podcasts. You won't be sorry for long. To the Toys R Us report, recorded live from inside the Pooptronics Cellular Undersea Base 0001, 6.5 miles below the ocean surface. He's a master codebreaker, an ace pilot, and pearl of the blaster. He's your host, IC Robots. If you're looking for me, you better check under the sea. It is your dude, Icy Robots, and I am not a hero, but I do sacrifice a bit of my wig each and every week to make your wig. A bit less week, and this week it is gonna get so much less week. We got we got a full docket of fun up ahead of us for this episode. It's gonna be a hoot. Let me see. Also, we got a uh, we got a blast from the past bit from Iceberg. Let me see if I can find it here on the drive. I really really should have these queued up. All right, hold it now. <laughs> That is definitely most true. This is the greatest podcast in the world, the almighty Toys R Us Report, and I am Icy Robots. Big shout-out to Iceberg. Big shout-out to Cassidy and Tulip from Preacher for giving us that great bit. I understand. I understand we're going to be coming up on the last season of Preacher when this one when this one drops. That's, that's fine. I really do like the show, but it's always good to get out when the getting's good. It's always good to get out when you're still great. Then way after you are great. I I should have heeded my own advice and it retired like 75 episodes. But at any rate, uh, what else is going on? You know, last week we we uh, talked about flea market season and how it was all starting. We were all raring to go. Everything was gonna everything was gonna be great. But then check it out. We got hit with another giant storm up there on the uh, Earth base. It's not giant. It's it's giant maybe for this time of year. There there is lightning and thunder forecast which is which is weird doesn't happen around here all that much but uh it's put a halt to the whole flea market thing so the week where i went away went out of my way rather to talk about how how great it's going to be i was smitten down by the forces above who said don't don't count your chickens homie the flea market shall not be held i i spoke too soon is the uh, moral of the story i could have I could have just gone and said that and saved you guys all the trouble. I 
I'm down here. I'm all by myself. Iceberg is somewhere. Well, you know, Engineer Emily's in the booth. She's always in the booth. She's she's working on something. I'm not really sure what it is, but she's working on something up there. She's cutting some tape. I can see her through the uh, through the window. She's she's using like one of those old you know splicers. She's splicing something up. I know not what it is. I myself at this point would probably just like I'd convert it digitally and then I'd cut it that way. But uh, she's got like the deft hand of a robot you know she can really like she can really slice and dice in a way that i that i cannot approach precision wise quit talking about me dude i like to talk about you why don't you want me to it's boring it's it's not boring at all it is when you do it okay i get it you only prattle on like this when you don't know what to say i don't know what to say right now i you know i, I just I, I can't think of anything that's really that exciting okay look you have to come correct with some material if you want to make this work. It's hard, though. It's like week in and week out. You know, it's rough to come up with all this new material to talk about. That's the grind, dude. Also, what else are you doing? I don't know. Sweeping up? Uh, organizing my comic books, maybe? Yeah, see. Just quit talking around. Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to talk about. Talk about that TV 50 tape you found. Oh, okay, yeah, that's a good one. I'll talk about that. Thanks, Emily. Okay, Emily out. You know, sometimes, you know, I'm doing the show, and it's like, as soon as one ends, I gotta start up another one, which is fine, man. I really do enjoy doing this, but I haven't had enough time to, like, build up any new, any new fun stories, so it's always good to have Emily around to, like, point me towards something that might be, that might be good. She's, uh, the producer extraordinaire, you know, she's, she's the best. So the other day I was poking around in my garage, I, you know, I do that, uh, Icy Robots television where I... I like upload stuff to YouTube that I that I find old stuff, weird stuff. I try to I try to find like weird lost media, but I I was poking around in the garage and I saw a tape sitting there that I I don't know how it got there. It wasn't in a position where I had like some other tape and stuff. It was just sitting there. So I I popped it in the VCR not knowing what it was. And when I when I got a got a look at the the imagery on the on the screen, it was uh it was like a fishing program on a lake. But um the lake the lake looked very familiar. It looked like Spring Lake, which is the big, the big pond we have over at uh, Howarth Park, which is, that's kind of the crown jewel of Santa Rosa Parks up there on the uh, Earth Base region. So I, I have some familiarity with this lake, and I'm looking, I'm like, that looks like Spring Lake, and I'm wondering, is this like a home video that somebody shot of a, like a fishing expedition? And then, then they hit some commercials, and I'm like, that looks like, that looks like Katati. It was a commercial for a comic store in Katati. I'm like, that looks like Katati. Katati is, it's two towns over. It's a small, small little uh, village. And I'm thinking, could this be, could this be some KFTY TV50? TV50 to me is like the crown jewel of things I could find. That's like the holy grail of things I could find. We had, we had TV50 here in San Rosa for the longest time. They, they went out of business some odd years back, but they... They broadcast out of Santa Rosa, and back when I only had, like, an antenna TV, this was the one channel I could always pick up, and I would always watch, like, TV 50 in my room. They would play Star Trek, Deep Space Nine, Leave it to Beaver. They played tons of Hogan's Heroes, Bewitched, I Love Lucy. They had a nightly movie show. They had, they had a local news broadcast, and I would, I would watch this all the time when I was in my room. It was the only thing I got. It was either that, the Atari, or the Tandy. They were all hooked up to the TV in the, uh, in the old bedroom. So, I have, like, incredibly fond memories of this channel, but I don't, 
I just don't find any tapes with anything anybody's recorded off TV 50, which I, which I find interesting. I, I'm surprised that I haven't come across, like, tapes full of, uh, Star Trek. Like, Star Trek Next Generation, because I know so many people who recorded Star Trek off TV 50 to watch it later, and I, I just don't ever find these tapes. Maybe, maybe they hold on to them, but I, I could only, like, look so far into the tape. I, I'm looking at it and I go... That's TV 50. They hit a TV 50 bumper. It was a news bumper, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I found it. It was TV TV 50 from before when I was looking for it. This is like, it looks like the early, early 80s or late 70s even. And I, I'm looking for more like late 80s, early 90s stuff from when I was like just out of high school and beyond. But I, I don't know. I'm still like super jazzed on this, but I'm also, I'm also a little afraid to like fast forward and see that maybe... It's only like a couple minutes of TV 50, and then it turns to something else. I don't know what it's going to be. The anticipation is killing me. When I when I find out, I'll let you guys know, but I, I think that there's a decent chance I might have found some Holy Grail material on a videotape. This is, this is a wonderful time, a wonderful time for me to be alive. Not for you so much, I guess. This isn't like, this isn't your Holy Grail, but you know... This will go to show you that I found my grail. I have found a chant at my grail, let's just say. And so, you might also, you've been looking for that great Garlou? You might find one at the flea market. Have you been looking for the uh, Inhumanoid Decompose Complete? You might find one at a garage sale. Have you been looking for that uh, My Pet Monster with the handcuff chains? You could find one. People bought a lot of these. They're out there. You will eventually find one. Let's, uh... Let's move into At The Movies, but first, gotta pay some bills with two sponsor ads. Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Saturday night at 8 on KFTY, television north of the gate. Our world is awash in chaos here in crime. One robot is willing to step up and do what must be done. Lock up flesh bags and toss the key into the garbage. His name is Johnny Five and starting everywhere this spring. He is here to save you all. Johnny Court available everywhere a hillbilly has a TV set. On top of another TV set. at the movies without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper, but you've got icy robots, so that's something, right? Tell me where your brother is. Your brother left you to die. He's abandoned you out here to me. There's no harm God won't see me come, do you? God feels nothing for you. The only thing that means anything right now is that I'm here. And he's not. The Rover. We're gonna do something a little different this week. We're gonna review a movie that came out like five or six years ago. This is a movie called The Rover, and it stars Guy Pierce and Rob Pattison. Rob Pattison is. He's a controversial figure right now because he was just cast in the role of Batman, which is, this is like, it's rubbing people the wrong way. Some people, not me. I think it's great. But let's, 
Let's talk about this first. I was poking around Facebook the other day, and my dude Carlos from GeekFest Rants posted this link that had, it had like, I forget how many it was. For example, it was like, the five movies you should see of Rob Pattinson before he does Batman, or something like that. It was something to, it was something to that effect. I, I have seen a lot of Rob Pattinson movies. I think he's a really good actor. I've talked about this before. I just saw him in High Times, which I thought was great. The Lost City of Z, Good Times, all these, all these really terrific movies. So I, I wanted to see if there were any on that list that I hadn't already seen. So I, I followed it and I discovered this movie, The Rover. It's a 2014, like, post-apocalyptic sort of deal with him and Guy Pierce. And I'm like, that sounds like something I would really like. So I, um, you know, I hopped in the, uh, hopped in the whip and we went over to, uh, Joe Video and they, they had it right there on the shelf, right in the, right in the R's in the adventure section. So we took it home and we watched it and I... I myself, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. Let's, uh, let's do a quick breakdown before we get, like, super far into it. The, the story is a post-apocalyptic deal, like I just said. This is more of a, uh, economic downfall as opposed to a, uh, like a zombie attack or a atomic war or something like that. The movie is set in Australia, and the lead character is... It's played by Guy Pierce, and the story is that of a dude. He's riding around in the uh, in the outback, Mad Max style. Even though it's not, it's not quite Mad Max because he's just wearing shorts and like a button up, and he's he's super dirty. But he's riding around and he stops to get a drink when these these cats who would just they're up to some no good. Like one of them is shot. Everything's everything's falling apart for these guys, and they they crash their truck and they can't get it out of a. Uh, out of a predicament, so they steal Guy Pierce's car. They take off in his car, and then he gets their truck, and he starts chasing them, going, give me my car back. They don't want to do it. They get away, and thus the the movie begins. It's a tale of a dude out to get his car back all, all throughout the Australian outback. He meets all kinds of weird dudes, all sorts of, like, hyper-violent things happen to a Happened to our dude guy before before we reached the uh, end of the flick. I thought it was pretty good. I myself go for a post-apocalyptic thriller. I, I always dig something like that. And I, I like Rob, like I said. I also like Guy Pierce. I think the Guy Pierce is... He's a super talented actor who may not have ever gotten his due. And I hope that I hope that someday he connects with something that really... Uh, really clicks with people, because dudes, dudes out of sight, I'm, I'm not gonna say that, like, Guy Pierce has had a bad career by any stretch, he was in LA Confidential, which was, this was like an Oscar caliber movie, he was in Memento, dude has been in a lot of things, what I mean to say is he's never, he's never connected in a way that was, like, super popular, like, you know, a Downey and Iron Man or something, and I'm not, I'm not saying our dude Guy should go and be a superhero or anything, but I, I don't know, I, I like Guy Pierce. when I see him in a movie, I definitely consider that a plus, what else, what else do we need to know about this before we, uh, before we move into some other deets, the movie was written and directed by Joel Edgerton, I think that's interesting, the, the actor uh, Joel Edgerton from Warrior. I I also like Joel Edgerton, and I don't think that he gets his due. He was really good in They Come at Night. He was good in Warrior. He was good in Red Sparrow. Guys, uh, guys are very similar to a um like a guy Pierce. I I could have seen uh Joel in the Avengers. I could have seen him playing a Hawkeye. He's the 
he is to me the more sincere Jeremy Renner. But uh, Renner's getting good too, man. His sincerity level is a. Uh, it's higher than it used to be. The the thing about this movie that I, I really liked was the was the grittiness. Everybody's dirty. There's bugs everywhere. It seems very much what it would really be like to be out in the outback, being out on the road. Things are in ruins. Everything everything costs way more than it should. Like a like a gallon of petrol is fifty dollars American. A, a tin of food is fifteen bucks. And these are these are just the remaining things. People haven't, like, they haven't fully gone into, like, Mad Max Fury Road mode yet. They're still, they're still holding on to humanity, but murder is rampant, crime is rampant. And the, the Australian army is going about, and they're doing their best to, to try to maintain some degree of lawfulness. But it's not, it's not effective. Australia's gigantic. There's not a lot of, not a lot of soldiers left. The... The character that our dude Rob Pattison plays in this is he's the he's the brother of one of the people who steals Guy Pierce's car and at first he's kept as a as a hostage by Guy Pierce the the robbers left him behind he was wounded they thought he was dead they didn't really think he was dead they they just left him there more than likely because he's uh he's a halfwit that's what a that's what um our guy Guy calls him. I would never call another human being a halfwit, but that's what that's what our guy Guy calls him. So we'll go with that. He's a very very needy, very troubled kind of guy, and I can imagine that in a in a harsh outback world like this, the first chance you got to get rid of somebody like this out of your posse, you would take. So they took it. But uh, Guy grabs him as a hostage, and he you know he forces him to tell him where they're going with my car, mate. Tell me where they're gonna go, and he's like. They're going for the hills. For some reason, Rob Pattison's character is like a Southern American. So it's like, tell me where they're going to go, mate. And he goes, I don't know. And it's like, it's like that the whole time. But it's a lot, it's a lot more entertaining than my, uh, my terrible, um, imitations. I, I would recommend this movie. If you got a chance to see it, if you got a video store near you, if you live near Joe Video, hop over, give it a rent. If you don't, you can get it on Vudu. It's there for, I think, uh, two ninety nine. Right now, Voodoo's good for the uh, for the rare flick that they don't have over at Joe Video. It's rare. It's rare that I have to do this. They got everything over there, but it has it has happened. I think once, maybe twice over the course of years. That's not a that's not bad. But Voodoo V U D U is a their quality app, quality uh, quality everything. Before we get out of here, I think we gotta I think we gotta confront the elephant in the room, and that is Rob Pattison's casting as Batman in the uh, 2021 Matt Reeves Batman film, which I think is called The Batman, but I am not, I am not sure. I am gonna go out on a limb, and I am going to say that as of right now, with Rob Pattison being cast, he is, at the time, the highest quality actor that has ever been cast as Batman. I... I know you Michael Keaton heads are jumping out of your seat. I know Engineer Nerd right now, you jumped out of your seat so hard, your head hit the uh, the ceiling of your car on the way to or home from work. But uh, hear me out. At the time Keaton did Batman, I would say his highest regarded film was Beetlejuice. Now, Beetlejuice is considered a classic at this point. On a side note, to me... His highest profile movie up until Batman was Johnny Dangerously. I love that one. But uh, we're going to go with Beetlejuice. Now, right now, Juice is considered an all-time classic. It is a, it's a work of art. But at the time, 
people like the juice, but it was, it was a bit silly. It's nothing that if Keaton never worked again would be significant enough to put him in the Hall of Fame. It's a good movie, but not, not that big. It wasn't till, it wasn't until post-Batman that we started to realize how amazing of an actor Keaton was. Dude is one of the best, but I feel like it wasn't until, it wasn't until like Birdman came out that people started going, you know, Keaton's actually really good. I have always known Keaton was really good. You've always known Keaton was really good, but I'm saying people, people by and large. And I maintain that Pattison coming off Lost City of Z, coming off High Times, coming off, coming off Rover, he's going to be in a Christopher Nolan movie next year. And you know, that's a, that's a high profile piece. So I think going into Batman, he may be the highest regarded actor to ever accept the role. Sure, Val Kilmer turned out all right. Affleck has been good in some things. But uh, I think that this could really, really work. I honestly, I have more concerns about Matt Reeves doing the movie. Matt Reeves coming off those uh, Planet of the Apes movies, which I which I thought were fine. But I'd, I'd rather see more of an uh, Artur kind of director doing something like this. Like a, like a Nolan like a Scorsese, I don't know, Joel Edgerton, maybe I toss in that in there to kind of tie everything together. I myself, I have, I have very, very high hopes for this. I've seen Pattison play so many different, different types of characters. The character he is in this is much different than the character that he is in Good Times. The character in Good Times is much, much different than the character in The Lost City of Z, which is different than the character he played in Damsel. He's he is a very good actor. I don't think that we can hold Twilight against him. Honestly, I don't think we can hold Twilight against him in any way. It was it was a massively successful franchise that I'm sure put the dude's bank book in the condition where he never has to make another movie if he doesn't want to. And uh that's the uh that is ultimately the point of why one does uh does Hollywood and stuff, but you can't hold that against him. There's nobody out there that wouldn't have accepted the role of Twilight if it was thrown at them. He was a young dude coming off Harry Potter. They shot him this movie. He took it. Anybody's going to take it. You can't, you cannot hold it against him. He didn't direct the movie. He didn't write the movie. He just went in there and he did the best he could with what was given him. And it turned out to be massively successful. He became a superstar off it. You can't, you can't blame him for any of that. It's, I understand. You don't like Twilight. I don't love it either. I don't think it's great. But um, it is what it is. If they offered you Twilight right now, wherever you are, whoever you are, you would say, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll uh, I'll accept it. I'll take the millions. You don't have to twist my arm. But uh, I got high hopes, man. I got high hopes for these Batman things. I think Rob's going to uh, I think Rob's going to tear it up. I think we should all go in with a positive mindset and just see what it's going to be. It doesn't make a lot of sense to uh, knock something before you have any idea of what it's going to be, but, uh, let's get down to it on the good old-fashioned Source Magazine mic meter with one being a dud and five being an all-time classic. I am going to go ahead and give the Rover a solid three Three mics. Three mics. Lucky you. I see Robot is ahead of schedule and once talked about lunchboxes. Just indulge him. Like many of you, like most of you, I imagine, I have a I have a pop culture collection. That's what I like to think of it as. I collect comics, toys, videotapes, things like that. Nostalgic things from my youth. And like 
And like many of you who collect pop culture things, I I have dabbled in the in the world of lunch boxes. Not fully. It's not like something that I focus on, but when I when I see a nice lunch box at the dig or at the flea market or somewhere at a at an affordable price, I I can't pass it up. I I have a bunch of them in the living room in a uh, bookcase display with some of my some of my graphic novels. I have more of them in the in the Earth Base office on a uh, bookshelves. I have I have a bunch of them that I have in the garage, just uh, stored up for for future events. I like to rotate them in and out. I want to I want to keep it fresh. We were expecting some company up on the uh, up on the Earth Base. A a weekend guest, and one of the things I wanted to do was, I wanted to rotate out the lunch boxes that I have and put like all of the A-listers, what I consider, what I consider to be the A-list lunch boxes. I want to put them all out. Whereas normally I, I try to rotate it, I try to keep it fresh so that I don't have to look at the same ones over and over and over again. But uh, in going and doing the rotation, it got me thinking about the lunch boxes that I have and where. Where I got them from, and it sort of, it sort of like put me in the mood to talk about these lunch boxes for a few minutes. This isn't really going to be like a full-on thing, or anything. This is just going to be like a small thing, a fun thing. But I, I wanted to touch on, touch on the topic a bit. Let's, let's take it back to the old school. Let's take it to Union Square or Oaklawn, Illinois, rather. When, when I was a kid, I lived in Oaklawn, Illinois, up until. Up until fourth grade, I'm thinking around like 1982, 1983. And in in Oak Lawn fashion, metal lunchboxes weren't the thing. Almost everybody took just a brown paper bag to school for lunch. I don't know why that is. I knew that lunchboxes existed. There were like a couple kids who had them. But I, I, and almost everybody else just brown bagged it. It was... It was the way it was, but when I moved to Santa Rosa, California, everybody was on the lunchbox kick. For for the first while, I kind of got dirted on for my brown paper bag, but it wasn't like everybody had a lunchbox. Let me let me get into that first. Most of the people here when I moved were getting hot lunch. We didn't have a cafeteria back at back at Harnu. We just ate at our desks. But here, most of the dudes got hot lunch. But those who didn't rocked a metal lunchbox. I I got hot lunch every now and again. I didn't so much like the the going through the line and the amount of time that it took. I was more on the tip like I wanted to bring my own lunch. So I could just go to the table immediately, eat, and hit the play yard as quickly as I could. I didn't want to spend that time going through the going through the line or whatever, but um some of the lunch boxes I remember people having were Night Rider. That was one that I definitely saw. The A Team, the plastic red A Team one was one that um people people had the the old school Star Wars one was still in effect. There were there were a couple guys that had that one. The one that I I remember having when I was at Binkley was the Fall Guy. I was like I was like a mark for the Fall Guy for some reason. I was into that show with Lee Majors, man. It was it was something that I I was into a lot that nowadays I don't even recall what it was that attracted it to me so much, but at the time, man, I was into the Fall Guy. I I had the lunch box. I had like the truck. I forget who made the truck. The 
I made the truck. I actually did a episode on this. I believe it was Ertl. Ertl did that, and I um in my uh later years, like the junior high years, I had a big poster of a uh, Heather Thomas on the inside of my inside of my closet door. It was this like door sized poster, it was like six feet tall, of a uh, Heather Thomas with a with a towel, like you surprised her in the bathroom. I had that for years. I I wouldn't mind having that poster again. I have a lot of a lot of memories of having that in the in the closet, every time I'd open the door, I would see that. I got that at International Import in the mall. That was this import store that was downstairs, where now there is a shoe store. I think like a like a collectible kicks kind of kind of store. They don't they don't have Sockonies there, so I don't I don't hit it up. Your boy wears the uh, the Sockonies Jazz. I I got a pair on right now, gray gray and white. I go for these small nylon running shoes. But anyway, I got the poster there. I also got a poster of Polina Porskova, who was married to Rick Ocasek. I still have that one. I have that one rolled up in a tube in the garage. What other what other gals did I rock on my wall at the time? I'm I'm drawing a blank. I know I had a Cindy Crawford calendar at one point. I had that Paula the Polina Porskova poster. I had the Heather Thomas poster. I I don't know. We're talking uh, lunchboxes anyway. I had that Fall Guy lunchbox. That's how we got started on this whole thing. I had that for like a couple years in a row. I'm thinking like fourth and fifth. And I don't know that I that I brought one for sixth that I that I can recall. But um, I wish that I would have kept that because I, I have like really fond memories of having this with me every day. I kept the thermos and everything. It's weird. It's weird when I think there was some day when I said, you know... I don't want this anymore, and I just threw it in the garbage. Very, very odd to think when you when you kind of when you kind of look back and you wonder what happened to all these things that I used to have. Let me let me talk about some of the lunchboxes that I have now. I went through and I and I made a list on a note card. These are the ones that are presently in the living room. I haven't I haven't rotated them out. These are not the what I consider to be the A listers. I have a He Man one. I got this recently at the Sebastopol flea market. Some person there had two He-Man lunchboxes. I got them both for like ten bucks. I was pretty pretty stoked on that. And then there is a there's a strawberry shortcake one. That is the wife's. I am happy to have it out there, man. A strawberry shortcake is something that uh gives you nostalgia, whether you're a dude or a chick. It was it was something that existed in the world at the time. But that's from her from her strawberry shortcake collection. She has she has some pretty neat pieces. She had some boxed some boxed one in the in the strawberry shortcake world. I'll tell you this. This is something I heard her say the other day. The the figures in the first series have a um like a like their hands, their fingers are all stuck together. They're all molded together with the thumb kind of in a in a certain position. And the the later ones have the fingers more spread apart. So you're looking for the for the closed hand strawberry shortcake and she she has a, a boxed closed hand one and she was she was talking about it to me the other day, and I'm like, man, that's cool. You're, you're a dork too. But um, that her, her strawberry shortcake one is out there. She has the thermos for that. I don't know where she got it. I kind of think she got it at the flea market too. This is, this is kind of like a moderately common one. Any of the, any of the uh, really popular ones, are fairly fairly common because they're they're made of they're made of steel, dude. They don't they don't disintegrate that uh that well. Then the next one, I'm going kind of across. It's a it's a small bookcase with like four windows, two levels of four windows. And I, I put them in there along with like some graphic novels and stuff. I think my DC ones 
are there. But uh, in the next window is Spider-Man. It's Spider-Man and the Hulk on one side. And then if you turn it around, this is what I like. If you turn it around, Captain America's on the other side. So it's almost like you get two different lunchboxes with this. You don't gotta, you don't gotta rotate it as much. The next one is that Muppet one that I picked up. I think I talked about this in the very last episode, the start of Flea Market Week. That one, that one got pushed right out into the uh, display. Right now, I have it with the Muppet side out, but Kermit's on the other side. So this is another one. A dual image lunchbox is a, uh, that's definitely a cool thing. And then when you, then when you go into the, uh, the next one, it is, uh, Knight Rider. The classic Knight Rider lunchbox from, uh, from Binkley Elementary School. That's, uh, that's a fun one. I have the thermos for that. I don't have a thermos for a lot of these. I don't really care about the thermos. I like to put things inside of the, uh, inside of the lunchboxes. Like, weird little doodads or whatever that I pick up here and there. I can never... I can never find like a place for these things on the shelf. So I'll just I'll just toss them in these uh lunch boxes. A lot of them a lot of them are full of like happy meal uh transformers or or flattened pennies. I don't know, just whatever. The the next one on the shelf is the Bionic Woman. I like this one too. It is it is uh double-sided. In one side, Jamie Summers is like a school teacher. I think she's like teaching in a classroom. And then on the other side, she's She's like hoisting a log off of some fool who's trapped under trapped under a log like a telephone pole fell on top of him and she's just like na 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 lifting it uh lifting it off of him. This one is this one is full of stuff right now. This is where I store the batteries for the house, like the double A batteries or the triple A batteries when we go to like Costco or Safeway or whatever and get like one of those giant battery packs. I'll break them up, toss them in there. There's like ton of double A's ton of single A's, a few D's, a few of those square ones that if you put your tongue on them, they, they give you a zip zap, those, that was fun, man, I used to do that as a kid, it's like, the ultimate dare, can you put it against your tongue, you're like, and then, uh, you'd go on your life, like, like you didn't just zap yourself with a, uh, with a battery, let's take a quick break, and then we shall be back in a sec, and we'll talk about, uh, We'll talk about some more lunch boxes and stuff. It'll be great. Hold on. Here we go. Tonight, a millionaires falls for coke. You'd never have to work again. An offer that's hard to refuse. One of the richest women in the country. That's the stuff fantasies are made of. Will the fall guy take the plunge? Then sail to Hong Kong, a city full of surprises. Why did God give us beautiful legs? It's the trip you've always dreamed of. That sounds good to me. An all-star two-hour love boat cruise. All right, we are back. Make sure to tune in for both of those. They spent uh, hard-earned money here on the uh, good old Toys R Us report. So make sure make sure to support uh, the Fall Guy and also the Love Boat. I've never really been much of a Love Boat guy. I don't know. Seems like a seems like a girl show to me. But I understand a lot of people like it, and I'm happy. I'm happy that they do. Let's see. Oh, while we were away on break, I went on a. I went on the world's biggest marketplace, eBay, and I tried to find that Heather Thomas poster that I was talking about a couple minutes ago. I, I discovered that the company that makes that poster is called Star Makers, right? And the, the Heather Thomas one, you can, you could pick it up for like 20 bucks if you kind of, if you kind of poked around. For the most part, these Star Maker posters, Star Maker made like sexy girl posters, bikini posters, also like 
hunky dudes, soap opera stars, movie dudes. Also, like, just movie cast posters. Like, uh, you know, for example, like Young Guns. They'll make, like, a Young Gun poster. Just about any poster that you had that was, like, celebrity-related back in the 80s was, like, a... Was made by star makers. I... I got hit with, like, the giant cloud of nostalgia when I started looking at these. This was like being an international imports back in 1986. Flipping through these posters, looking at all these Heather Thomas in a bikini, Paulina Poroskova, all these Terry Copley, Samantha Fox, all these people I haven't thought about in in many a moon. Let's get, let's get back to lunchboxes. The next one on my shelf is... This is what I consider to be one of my A-list lunchboxes. I love this. It is, it's a hee-haw lunchbox. On one side, it has, like, the hee-haw logo. But then on the flippy flip, it has one of my favorite musical artists of all the times and all the spaces, Buck Owens. I love Buck Owens. I think he is a fantastic. I love that uh, Bakersfield honky-tonk sound. Think Dude is one of the best songwriters to ever have been on the face of the earth. I think he's a genius. If you don't listen to Buck Owens, just go listen to some of it. It's like this great rockabilly music. You'll you'll definitely dig it. So having a having a lunchbox with his big face right on it is it's terrific. It hits on a hits in a couple different ways for me. My love for his music, also the nostalgia of being in a Red Boiling Springs, Tennessee with my grandma, sitting on her bed watching Hee Haw with her, hooting it up. It's it, uh, it hits on so many levels. I love it a lot. Right next to that is uh, The Black Hole. I I like The Black Hole in a weird kind of way. I don't think it's like a great movie or anything, but I think some of the visuals are really neat. I think I think it's cool. I like this box. It says Maximilian on the front. The other side is like, it's completely toasted. This one gets this one gets rotated in and out a lot. I I do like it, though. And then then we go into The Office. On the Earth base. And I have I have some different ones in there that I... These are like the good overstock. And on the top shelf is another of what I consider to be one of my A-list lunchboxes. This is one of the few that I actually paid a premium for. I I usually don't, but we were at a toy show in San Jose. The the Time Tunnel Toy Show, I think is what it's called. But I, I may not be sure. I think we're going to go to that one at the end of next month again. They used to only hold them on Saturdays. So we couldn't go. The The old wife works on Saturday. I don't want to go by myself. So we only we only do like Sunday events for the most part, which is which is all fine. You know, most everything's on, on Sunday anyway. But uh, they are going to do the show on a Sunday. So we're going to go check that out, I think. But um, I picked up I picked up a BG's lunchbox when we were there. On one side, it has a group photo. And then on the other side, it has Andy Gibb. And it says Andy I paid like 60 bucks for this, which is way more than I've ever spent for a lunchbox. I'm not, I'm a cheapskate, man. But when I, when I saw this, I go, I gotta have this. The, the BGs are really interesting to me because they have like this, this sort of, I don't want to say like ironic coolness about them, but there's, there's something kind of cool about liking the BGs because not everybody does. Remember back in the, back in the eighties and the nineties, the whole like disco sucks thing the whole the whole deal in the 80s and 90s was hating the 70s but now I think people look back at the 70s and go you know that was really really a great great time period and the Bee Gees are a really great band they have some like really well structured really intricate songs so having a lunchbox with them hits on the uh, kitsch factor of a Bee Gees lunchbox the fact that it's just a lunchbox 
the fact that you got the thermos, and then the fact that I like a lot of BG songs. They they do it for me. And then next to that is uh is Fat Albert. The Fat Albert one is cool. Both um sides have the same picture, but I do have the thermos, but one side one side is beat up. Plus, you know, Bill Cosby and stuff, so it's not really like a like one that's gonna be in the living room all that often. Then right next to that is another one that I consider to be one of my A-list lunchboxes. It's Kung Fu. I love it. It has it has David Carradine's grill on the one side, and then on the flippy flip, it has him doing some kung fu. It's amazing. I love it. We we were selling at the flea market one weekend. We'll do that like once or twice a summer, just for fun. You know, it's kind of a kind of a fun thing to do. Plus, you make a few hundred bucks. It's all it's all cool. So we were we were doing it one one week, and I I was selling pretty well. I had like tons of loose toys, just tons of stuff to get rid of, and I was I was doing pretty well. And I had like a giant wad of like one dollar bills, like this like. Like, my pocket was overflowing with these. And I'm I'm walking through the flea market looking at stuff. And this guy has, he has, like, a Kung Fu lunchbox on his table. And I go, how much is that? And he goes, oh, 25 bucks. And I go, I will take it. I have to have it. So I, I gave him 25 ones. I remember pulling out this roll, this roll of ones. It was, like, it was, like, enormous. It could literally choke a horse. And I'm, like, breaking them off, like, 25, got it, brought it home. So happy. I actually put, like, the remaining ones Inside the lunchbox. I wonder if they're still in there. I could use those. I could use those right about now. That's another another one of my A-listers that's going to get moved out to the out to the living room. The next one is the red plastic A-team one. For the longest time, this one was in my garage in um like a like an unused bin that I have some um, additional lunchboxes in. It was up there for the longest time. But then one day I'm like, you know, you are plastic. But you are retro, and you are cool, and I definitely remember, like, some dudes at Binkley having you. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull you out and put you in the house. So he is there now. Right now he's obstructed by a Buck Rogers videotape, I think. That was what I, that was what I recall when I was, uh, when I was checking him out. And then we have a few that I have kind of, like, sideways. They're just, like, jammed on a shelf, like, all in a row. And these are, these are some cool ones. That haven't made it out to the living room in a while. They're kind of being, they're kind of being put on the, uh, like on the chill. You know, I'm chilling them out. And I'm going to bring them out again. And they'll seem all fresh again. I got the Hulk. This is a double-sided one. It's really great. I love it. I also have a Bionic Man one. This one was out in the living room for the longest time. I had the Bionic Man and the Bionic Woman, like, side by side. But, uh, Bionic Man got the chill because he was out there for a long time. But, um, I should have, I should have also chilled Bionic Woman. But she's... She's full of batteries right now. I gotta wait till all the batteries are gone. I'm too too lazy to uh to switch it over. Right next to that on the shelf is the famous camouflaged Rambo lunchbox. The the images are the same on both sides. It's like Rambo's stupid face. I I think it's weird they even made Rambo merchandise. I think that's a topic that's been covered like a million times by a million different people. But it is it's super weird that they pushed uh whacked out Vietnam vet Rambo as a as a children's character on the on the same shelf is the final lunchbox that I have in the house and this is one that I one that I like a lot it is Buck Rogers Buck Rogers is one of my favorite properties the Jill, the uh, Gil Gerard and uh Aaron Gray one I loved that show so much I remember loving that show when I was in Illinois I also remember loving that show when I when I came to California, the lunchbox is super duper duper beat up. So it hasn't it hasn't been in the living room lately. But I I like a beat up lunchbox. 
It shows it shows character. Do you guys remember this in the in the days of like elementary schoolyard fights? The most dangerous weapon somebody could conceivably wield was like the metal lunchbox. When like when like things were gonna get real. When things were getting realer than real. Dude would like wield his lunchbox back behind his head like, I'll hit you with this. I will hit you with this. And usually that would uh that would de-escalate things back to uh pushing and shoving or name calling. You could you could take somebody's eye out with a lunchbox, man. You don't you do not wanna mess around. Let's see. I have a I have a few more in the garage in a bin. These these are ones with like properties I'm not like super duper keen on or they're like they're like super beat up. The first one is a plastic I don't recall the name of this character. Ed Grimley is his name. It's not Wilford Brimley. That's the guy who does those uh liver pill commercials. It's Ed Grimley. I have a red plastic Ed Grimley one that I understand is kind of kind of uncommon, but I I don't know. I don't really want to like sell any of my lunch boxes. But then I think maybe there's somebody out there who's like, I want an Ed Grimley lunchbox and I'm hoarding it here in my garage and I'll never even put it out because I think Ed Grimley's dumb. But um still I don't want to sell any of these. Also I have an elf one, a red plastic elf one that is that's in there. I like the plastic ones, I guess, but I'm really I'm really partial to the metal ones. You know, the the time in which these lunchboxes were kind of in full effect with me, they were sort of transitioning into plastic. Plastic was more like 70s, the eight, like the early 80s. And then they started to like, they started to move into plastic, I guess, because too many kids were like, I will hit you with this. And uh, people had enough. They gave these uh, plastic ones that'll, that'll shatter. But I got the Alf. I got the Grimly. I also have a Sesame Street one that I, I would put this in the house. I got nothing but respect for Sesame Street, but it's, it's like, it's crazy. It's crazy beat up. And then there is a Peanuts one, a metal Peanuts one. But like, living in Santa Rosa, where Peanuts things are, every time you look around, there's something, there's something Peanuts. It's ubiquitous. This is where, this is where Charles Schultz uh, lived. So this is like, this is Peanuts town. It seemed, seemed a little corny to me to put a Peanuts lunchbox, like, directly on display. But um, it's still, it's still cool. I... I think that's it. I think that is, uh, I think that's it. There are a few that I definitely do want, though. One of them is the, uh, it's like, um, it's not the Super Friends, but it's like DC Heroes. And on one side, there's, there's Batgirl right in the center. I want this one, but I haven't been able to find it, like, anywhere for less than, like, 65 bucks. They have one at the Antique Mall over in the, uh, near the Sebastopol Flea Market. But I, I don't want to spring for 65 bucks, dude. I'm hoping to someday just, like, just find it at the, uh, at the flea market. I'm I'm getting crazy out of breath. This has gone on like like a 15 minute take right now. So I hope that was entertaining in some way. We learned about um lunchboxes, a little bit about what I have at my house, a little about me. That's fun. We learned about star maker posters. We can all get obsessed about that. Go look online, man. You'll you'll look at some of these star makers and it'll take you back to the days of uh import stores in the mall. It's all one word. Star Maker Posters. But uh, let's move into the final segment of the show. Please drop by supportthereport.com and consider becoming a show patron for as low as a measly dollar a month. It's the right thing to do. You made it this far. It's time. The final segment. 
the IC Robots Radio Pop Culture slash Toy News slash Other Boring Stuff Informational Moment. All right, it is me, and we are back for what is the final segment of the show. I... I'm very proud of you guys for sticking it out this far. I, I know what kind of a effort that takes to listen to me prattle on for like 48 minutes straight. I, I don't know a person who in person could do that. I mean that. Like nobody I know is going to sit there and let me talk for that that long straight. So dude, you have the stamina of Atlas. And we know that that guy, that guy holds the world on his shoulders. So he's... He's pretty strong. He's been doing that for a while. Let's see what's going what's going on. I did some toy hunting this weekend. I'm on the look for those uh those throwback Star Warses that they're releasing at Target. They they're releasing a set of the original 12. I think they're doing 6 and then they're going to do 6 more. If I if I got all my info straight and that's that's a maybe. But they they are like direct, direct knockoffs of the original, the original guys. You got Luke, you got Leia, you got Chewie, you got Han, and I, I don't know what else. I do know there is a Grand Moff Tarkin, the great Grand Moff Tarkin, who did not get, he did not get a, uh, a Kenner release when he was one of the, one of the major players in the game. But to get him, he, he comes packed with, uh, the Escape from the Death Star board game. Which they also reissued. They they know what they're doing. They know that we all want a uh, Kenner style Tarkin. So let's put it in the in the most expensive thing. So we uh checked out I think three different targets up there in the uh, Northern California Sonoma County region. We get the the two in Santa Rosa, one in Cottingtown, and one over by the dig. Neither had any. And then we also went to the one in Runnard Park. Found none. The nearest that we came to getting one was I saw one of the Grand Moff Tarkin uh, board games at the Cottingtown, at the Cottingtown Target. I had seen that they they'd been putting the figures in the uh, kind of in the men's clothing section. Like they have like I don't know like a Father's Day setup where you know you can get gifts for Dad, and they have those in there. It's good. It's a good idea. I can understand that why you would put them there. But that's where I found. That's where I found the Tarkin. But in the toy section, there was like there was like none. I I gotta say that I am finding Santa Rosa to be a toy wasteland lately. There are still like Wave One Migos up on the pegs. The pegs at the Target Migos are all tooties. They're all like Charlie's Angels. They're all they're all awful. The fifteen inchers are like. They're like the first series. You're seeing like General Zod, you know, and it's, it's whack, man. I want them to uh, update some of these. At some point, like as a store, you have to say, I, I just don't think these are going to sell. Let's knock them down to clearance and maybe put out some, uh, some new stuff, some new ones, and we'll see, we'll see what happens. But they're, they're hanging tough with these. These guys have been sitting there on these pegs for, they've been sitting there forever, but, uh, Back to the Star Wars is I don't know that I necessarily want to buy any of these because we've been talking and I I've been saying I'm trying to get up on the original twelve to put in my uh, my just my little uh, collector case and I I might get one I think I might get Luke I I like the Luke figure it's it's a classic it's an all time classic and I I might be able to like take him open him up. Put him on a shelf, and then when I get my original 12 Luke, I can keep him in the case. I don't know. I I could see getting one. 
I could also see not getting one. I just, I kind of just wanted to lay eyes on them. It's been a while since I've done any serious toy hunting, so I just wanted to, I wanted to go out there and smell some blood. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to nail some, uh, some action figures with my, uh, with my crossbow. Get them in my sights, but I failed. I didn't find anything. We went to, we went to both the Walmarts, too. The Walmart in Ronard Park has, like, they have, like, nothing. They have maybe half an aisle of action figures, and all the pegs are empty. They still have, like, Star Wars Black Series of Rogue Ones. They got, like, Cassian Andor and uh, Jin Erso. I love those figures, but I got them, and that movie came out, like, 15 years ago. Let's get some of the, let's get some of the other ones. Since Toys R Us went down in Santa Rosa, it's been, it's been the worst. My toy hunting has gone down to like, to like almost nothing. I mean that, except when I was on the Mego hunt, looking for those, uh, looking for those Frankensteins, looking for those Draculas. I've, I've been just like out of the game and it's, it's whack, man. It's something that I, something that I definitely like. I don't know what it's going to take for like the uh, local stores to update some of these some of these action figures. When I go to Walgreens, they got mini mates from like I don't know the the Avengers where they where they fought the Chitari. Walgreens is known for like their their exclusive mini mates, but I like never not never see them at the Walgreens in Rigan Valley. Then I go to the one on the other side of town by Piner Marlow. I never see them there. I I don't know. It's it's hard out there, man. It's hard out there for a toy hunter sometimes. I uh I bought a Blu-ray. That's something. I got a Blu-ray over at Joe Video. A used one. I I love the previously viewed Blu-rays over at uh, Joe Video. They're like $9.99. I got, I got Creed 2, which I did not think was like the greatest movie that's ever been uh, put on uh, celluloid. But I, I did want to see it again. I meant to re-rent it. And the rental's like 7 bucks. You can buy it for like 9 bucks, And I get, to, uh, I get to keep it forever. If you watch the movie twice, it pays for itself. And I, I have yet to... I've yet to watch the further adventures of Donnie Creed at home, but I intend to. I I liked the Ivan Drago Jr. parts. The the interactions between him and his dad, Ivan Drago Sr., are they're really great. They really carry the movie. By the end of the uh by the end of the deal, you really you really have feelings for Drago. I wouldn't mind a Drago spin-off movie to see what the what the further adventures of a uh, Ivan Drago uh two I don't know. That's that's just something for the uh, studios to uh, bat around. You can have that idea if you want. I don't. I don't need to be credited. You know, just just make it, and I'll uh, I'll watch. What else is going on? Oh, we had the finals of the Mego Fighting Championships over at icrobots.com. If you haven't caught up on that yet, I'm going to spoil it. So just check out here for the next next couple minutes, or just hop on over to icrobots.com and take a look. It's a uh, it's a hoot and a half. The finals were Muhammad Ali versus Andre the Giant, one of the best wrestlers of all time, one versus uh, one of, if not the greatest heavyweight boxer of all times in space. The The battle was a hard-fought fight. It was the longest fight we've had so far in the MFC, but the greatest of all time, Muhammad Ali, emerged victorious. I will, I'll go into this for a second, why I... Why I felt the fight would go this way. Andre is a monstrous beast. He's like, he's like 10 feet tall, 989 pounds or something. But the greatest, the GOAT, Muhammad Ali is, uh, he's a proven real life fist fighter. 
The dude has beat the best. He beats George Foreman. He's beat Joe Frazier. He has beat just about everybody put in front of him. And Andre, while a monsterist beast, is, for the most part, an exhibition uh, fighter. In the times in wrestling, when he has been tested, when somebody's, like, stepped to him and started throwing blows at him, Andre has not fared very well. There was a there was a match where I believe Akira Maeda decided to go into business for himself, and he took it to Andre. I think actually what I recall happening is some people felt like Maeda was getting too big of a head, like he was too full of himself. So they sent Andre in there, and they told him, rough him up, beat him down, let him know what we think of him. But when Andre tried to give him the rough up, Maeda took it to him, chopped him down with leg strikes, and was on the verge of finishing Andre for good. He may have killed the giant. People stepped in and stopped the fight. So in the times Andre has been tested, he did not pass. And I feel if you put him up against a well-conditioned athlete like Muhammad Ali, I could see Andre surging forward, maybe getting an early advantage. But when the when the fight starts to go a bit, he's just going to pass out. Also, when he fought Maeda, Andre was having a real, real, real hard time getting up from the ground. He got knocked down to his knees. And he was having a real inability to get back up standing. And I think that if the fight went to the ground, Ali could squirt away. And he might be able to finish Andre before he could get back to his feet. And that's exactly what happened. As as the Giants started to falter, Andre, I mean uh, Ali rather, ripped off his glove. Stuck his hand over the Giants' face. Suffocated him into unconsciousness. But then, then there was a moment. Something happened. The flash of light and a new challenger appeared behind him. It was the Dark Knight of Gotham. Batman himself. And he... He uh, immediately stuck out his hand, gave Ali a big handshake, and he challenged him to an upcoming bout. Ali said, hey man, I dig it. I dig who you are. I dig what you represent. But I think you need some wins in the MFC before you take it to me. So Batman has agreed to, uh, he's actually signed a fight. I heard this the other day. I heard this through the uh, the MFC, you know, um, dirt sheets. That uh, Batman will soon be fighting Fonzie. Arthur Fonzarelli himself in the MFC blue mat. It's going to be great. And if he wins, I don't know. Maybe he'll get a shot at the greatest. But the uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. You uh, you definitely want to check out icerobots.com. That's I-S-E-E-R-O-B-O-T-S dot com for the latest in the MFC. What's that? I can hear something in the distance. I can hear the wrestling historians yelling down to me. What about the time... Andre fought heavyweight contender Chuck Wepner on the undercard of the Bruno Sammartino Stand Larry and Hansen match. I I dig it. Andre soundly beated. Beat. Why did I say beated? Andre soundly defeated Chuck Wepner. But that fight was a work, dude. It wasn't a real fight. It was nothing like what goes on in the MFC ring. The MFC is Vale Tudo. It's MMA. It's all real. It is Humate. It is full contact. Not like, not like that worked match with Chuck Webner, but I, I can appreciate you wrestling historians yelling down, trying to, trying to keep me on the straight and narrow. I think that's, I think that's going to be about it for this week. I, I'm feeling the, uh, I'm feeling the need to escape, but, um, dig it. There will not be a new show next week, but there is a very valid reason. My, my beloved daughter 2.0 is going to be graduating high school next week. And we're having family. We're having friends. We're having all kinds of stuff. It's going to be a week-long celebration. It's going to be great. Send send her a mental congratulations. Just, you know, while you're listening right now. Just think, congratulations 2.0 for your, 
for your success in life. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun, but check it out. If you have not signed up over on Patreon, if you have not signed up at supportthereport.com, this is the perfect time to do so because there will not be a new Toys R Us report next week. It's sad. I understand. I I feel you. But I finished episode number eight of the patron-only show, and I'm going to drop it next Wednesday. So those who support the report will have an all-new, all-fun episode. It's going to be great. You can join them for as little, for as little as a measly dollar a month. This is absolutely the perfect time to sign up because you'll get a new show next week. You'll enjoy it. You will be enlightened to the ways of the patron-only show. It's an all-different thing. It's great. It's nothing at all like this show. It's more real. It's more gritty. I go out on the streets. I go to donut shops. I go to coffee shops. I go to the dig. I go to the flea market. I call in from the dig. I do all kinds of different things. It's so much fun. It's the greatest. This is the greatest podcast in the world. The POS is the greatest podcast in the galaxy. It's amazing. You'll love it. So, Consider it. Consider it. If you like what I do, if I make you happy, if you have a good time listening, please hop on over, support the report. You can get down for as little as a dollar a month. I'll give you I'll give you access to the patron-only RSS feed. You don't have to go to Patreon to download the episodes any longer. You get this address, enter it into your podcast software, and the episodes are right there for you. It's easy. Easy peasy, less than a dollar a month, supportthereport.com. So, for me, Engineer Emily Iceberg, A.B. Silver, J5, Dr. Jane Walsh, and everybody down here. I'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Supportthereport.com. If you don't know, now you know. Because we only have one rule on this team. What is that rule, Twiggy? E-L-E. That's right, E-L-E. What does E-L-E stand for? Everybody love everybody. Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall. This has been I See Robots Radio production. I See Robots Radio is a listener-supported in Dehar. If you like what we do and we make your day a little easier, please consider tossing a few bucks our way to help keep the life support running. All money collected goes to help us prepare for future space pirate attacks. Go on over to supportthereport.com for all the details. Thanks and have a great week. Bzz. Bzz.